Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. Melissa Joan Hart has been diagnosed with a breakthrough case of COVID. Mindy Kaling recalled a devastating moment from a past writer's room. And we're taking on your DMs again for another edition of DM 911. It's August 20th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen Leconti. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So Casey... There is big news this morning coming out of Jeopardy land. Have you heard about this? Oh, I've heard. Wow. Wow. It's all happening. Just a day after apologizing for sexist remarks he made in the past, Mike Richards has stepped down as Jeopardy host. Uh, He's expected to remain as executive producer, and the show will resume bringing on guest hosts until they find his replacement. Meanwhile, I just will call it out. LeVar Burton is still available. (laughs) He is still very much available. He also tweeted out Happy Friday, which is something he does usually, but people are really taking it to mean like, look at this good news for me. Absolutely. Maybe it will be. Who knows? But I mean, oh God, of course, heavy eye roll that Mike Richards is still executive producer. I know. By the way, another function coming out of this is that there is a a video that just resurfaced of um, Alex Trebek talking about CNN's Laura Coates as someone he thought would be a good replacement. So Mm -hmm. hopefully they'll give her a turn as a guest host. Mm -hmm. I would love Mm -hmm. to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's follow Alex's wishes. Yes. All right. So to kick things off today, Melissa Joan Hart shared her recent breakthrough COVID diagnosis with fans, along with a plea for mandatory masking in schools. I got I got COVID. I am vaccinated and I got COVID and it's bad. Um, It's weighing on my chest. It's hard to breathe. Melissa said she thinks one of her kids has it as well, that she believes it came from her kid's school, and that she's, quote, really mad that her kids didn't have to wear masks while they were there. She also said this. I'm mad, really mad, because we tried and 
we took precautions and we cut our exposure by a lot, but we got a little lazy. You know, I mean, I give her major props for speaking out about this. I, I feel like we haven't had a lot of celebrities uh, speaking out specifically about the issues of masks in school. And I'm grateful that she's saying it because it's true. No, it is. My dad's an elementary school PE coach, and I would be 100% lying if I said I wasn't nervous. He's in his 60s, and he's surrounded by tons of kids that, yes, I think they're wearing masks, but they're not vaccinated. They're elementary school kids. They're under 12. Right. So, I mean, it it really is. I mean, it is spreading. It is out there. And, um, and so I really do, I get why she feels mad. It's like, yes, she says she was feeling a little bit lazy about it. I gotta be honest. I don't think that's 100% on her. Our government has not been forward with us and strict enough with us about what we need to be doing. I think a lot of people are really confused right now because we were told things were getting better and now it's not. Obviously we've had these warnings that we're not in the clear, but like we are very much not in the clear right now. Right. Yeah. And I think in some ways we all got a little lazy, right? Like coming into the spring, we really believed if you had your two vaccine shots in your arm or one, if it was Johnson Johnson, then you were fine. And that like life seemed like it was going to go back to normal. It is up to the government now to like step up. And I know, and my heart just breaks because now we're talking about children, right? Children who aren't vaccinated, children who, if they get sick, they could come down with a a lifelong disability from this. It's really serious. And it just sickens me to see people politicizing something as simple as like a child's health. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, moving on. Mindy Kaling recently opened up about a moment in a writer's room that took a toll on her body image and self-esteem. Basically, one of her fellow writers suggested that their character tell Mindy's character that she could lose 15 pounds. I remember thinking, like, I'm already someone who is getting up before our call time at 630 to go to the gym to, like, do the elliptical for 45 minutes. You know, like, I'm this is my greatest insecurity. And someone just called it out. When that moment happened, it was so huge to me. And it was one of those things where... You can't express anger and hurt in a room like that. I, oh God, I have so many feelings right now, but it's like one, okay, I would hate if any writer or anyone told a character like that, that should be a line that they should use 15 pounds. But when Mindy is playing the character and she is in the room, I mean, that's so awful. And she is right. Like one, she probably as a woman and a woman of color didn't want to act out emotionally in that moment. Two, she probably didn't even know what emotion she was feeling in that moment. I'm sure she was feeling a lot. Right, for sure. And, you know, she doesn't mention which show this was on, but just looking at the industry as a whole, it's probably very safe to assume that was a heavily male writer's room, as most television writer's rooms are. And I think it speaks to the need to uh, bring more women into TV writer's rooms, because I think that's a that's the sort of statement that I don't know would have happened in a room with more uh, women writers around. Very true. Very true. All right, so moving on, it's time for another installment of DM911. For anyone unfamiliar with the segment, Stephen keeps his DMs wide open for anyone seeking advice because, in my opinion, there's no problem he can't help you solve. Today, we're tackling how to have the talk with your partner about having kids, the pitfalls of having an unstable friend, and what to do when you've been ghosted. All right, so Stephen, let's just dive right into these DMs. Here's the first one from a woman who is grappling with an age-old problem whether she and her partner are on the same page about having kids. Here's what she wrote. Hey, Stephen, I wanted to reach out for some advice. Less than three months ago, I married my partner. 
We've been together for years, and for the whole of our relationship, we've been on the same page about not wanting kids. Sadly, his mother unexpectedly passed away a few days ago. Since then, he's been talking about changing his mind and really wanting children after all. I've asked that we revisit this in several months to give space to grieve before making any giant decisions, but his dramatic change of heart has shaken me a bit. If he has truly changed his mind, how should I approach this situation? Okay, well, first of all, I think your advice to him to pump the brakes here and revisit this conversation in a few months is very wise advice. I think you should give yourself that advice too, uh, to put a pin in this conversation and wait on it for some months. You know, his mother's death was only a few days ago. You note that it was a completely unexpected loss. He's probably not in a super clear-headed state of mind right now. I mean, who would be? I know I would not be. For that reason, I don't think you should take everything he's saying right now at face value. He's clearly having big feelings about family. It sounds like those big feelings are very much a product of his grief. So instead of trying to argue with that grief, I think you should just let him process it. Give him the space to actually unpack what he's feeling, which is almost certain to evolve over time as his grief evolves. I can totally understand, just to be clear, why it would be jarring, alarming, scary to see your husband do such a 180 on something as major as having children. And I definitely want to echo that your choice to not have children is 100% valid and you should stick to it. Uh, I don't one minute blame you for being concerned about your husband's sudden change of heart. But I think you have plenty of evidence to suggest that this change of heart may be very fleeting. You have several years of history with this man where he has consistently said he did not want children. His sudden desire for children was brought on by an abject crisis, a crisis that you're still very much in the middle of. And I wouldn't be surprised if, as the trauma of this loss starts to subside, so do his feelings that he needs to have kids. So wait a few months, and then see where he's at. If it turns out that his desire for children is still there and he feels strongly that it isn't going away, I think you can only cross that bridge when you get to it. Would you be at an impasse? Probably. Would it end your marriage? I don't know. Possibly. But you're not there yet. I don't think you're even close to there yet. So don't put yourself there. Uh, Don't define your brand new marriage by its worst possible outcome. Instead, I think you should focus on helping your husband process his grief and heal from the loss of his mother. That's the right thing to do. And in my best guess, it's also probably going to make this problem go away entirely in time. I mean, like this mental situation of as soon as something big like this happens, I hit the panic button. I think a lot of people do that. And you think of worst case scenario, your mind reading, you don't have answers and you want them. Like it's hard. People don't like living in limbo. I get it. That's anxiety. (laughs) And I know this is like a really big thing, but I think it's like what you're saying is like, you don't know that right now. He is grieving. And I kind of want to say like, reach back out in six months and see where you are then. You know, know? I agree totally. There's this quote that I love from, I believe Mark Twain. Sorry if it's not Mark Twain. I'm just going to give him credit for it. Um, It's, (laughs) I've lived through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. The idea being that if you if you force yourself to mentally live through every possible bad outcome, you're going to live through a lot of bad outcomes that never actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you no, feel it doesn't. good. <laughs> all right. Steven has more answers to all of life's toughest questions when we get back.
Achieve It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcast. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, sir! Head over to NFLshop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, t-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLshop.com. Welcome back to our latest installment of DM911. Our next DM comes from someone constantly being put on the spot to vouch for a friend who is totally irresponsible. Here's what they wrote in. Hi there. I could use some advice. I have a friend who, to put it lightly, is wildly irresponsible and unstable. In the time I've known her, she stayed at no job for more than three months and has made more than a handful of decisions which are actively harmful to her and others. She's gotten into the habit of putting me down as a reference despite my repeatedly asking her not to. This is for all sorts of things, pet adoption, jobs, rentals, etc. And whenever any of these places call to ask for a reference for her, I'm honest with them and tell them she's not qualified or responsible enough for any of the things she's applying for. Every time I end up feeling like a bad person, and she has no idea I've been honest with any of the callers. Am I a bad person? Should I tell her? Any guidance is appreciated. Okay, so... I have a lot of feelings about this one. Normally, I really do not believe in giving a bad reference ever. If someone asks you for a reference and you would not give a good one, I believe it is your moral responsibility to tell that person no and that they need to seek a reference from someone else because you would give a bad one. Ultimately, I think every person has a right to put their best foot forward when seeking a job or housing, and I personally would never want to get in the way of that, even if I did not feel like I could ethically be a part of the process for them. However, I guess your situation is made more complicated by the fact that you've asked her repeatedly not to use you as a reference, and she's doing it anyway. So in that sense, I think you've already done the right thing. I'm baffled that she's ignoring you because it seems like it should be pretty obvious to her what's going to happen when potential employers or landlords would call you. So I do wonder if you've been honest with her about why you don't want to be a reference. I know you mentioned that you haven't told her the full picture of things. I think that's the conversation you needed to have next. If she thinks you just don't want to be a reference because you're like super busy or because you're like shy on the phone or whatever, that's wrong. And you do need to correct the record on that. I think you need to say something like, hey, 
if you put me as a reference, I feel like I would need to share XYZ things that I've witnessed, uh, which I don't think would ultimately reflect well on you. So I strongly recommend you ask someone else. Hopefully she hears you on that, but if she doesn't, then I don't necessarily think you're doing anything wrong by being honest with people who contact you because you've given your friend plenty of warning. However, there is another approach you can take here, and this is probably what I would do if I were you, because I wouldn't want to take on the guilt of feeling like I'm ruining someone's job or apartment hunt. And that would be just decline to give the reference. You never have to give a reference, even when someone calls asking for one. I think it can literally be as simple as saying, oh, Jane put me down as a reference. I actually asked her not to do that because I'm not really comfortable giving references. Have a good day. Um, That approach is honest. It probably does communicate some sort of red flags to the person on the other end of the phone, but hopefully it mitigates the degree to which you feel like you are personally blowing up your friend's life. And actually, I, I was going to end the advice there, but I, I, I'm having a thought that I'm also going to say, which is that the PS here is that all of the above about just like declining to give the reference is really for employers and landlords and things of that nature, because ultimately like employment and housing are necessary things that people need to have. And I want your friend to have them. But your DM also does mention that she uses you as a reference for pet adoptions. And that situation I would handle differently. Um, like your friend doesn't need a pet to survive. And if your friend is as unstable and irresponsible as you say she is, then I would worry about the animal's well-being. So specifically with pet adoptions, I think you should feel free to give an honest reference. Like it's not going to ruin her life to not get the dog, but you might save the dog's life by keeping that dog out of her house. So that's the one area where I'd say, yeah, just be honest. (laughs) Okay. So I largely agree with you saying like, you know, I don't think that you should stop someone from being able to get a job or, or a living situation. But I will say this is, this is kind of random, but this is the one thing that stuck out to me. And it was the question, am I a bad person? And through therapy, I don't believe in bad or good, or so my therapist constantly tells me, but I do think that you could have done a not great thing, but that doesn't make you a bad person. And I think it speaks a lot that you reached out to Stephen and are questioning what you've done. And I think that that means you're willing to learn. I'm into that. I like that. Reach out to me. It will absolve you of guilt. (laughs) There we go. All right. So moving on to our last DM, it comes from someone who wants to know why she was ghosted by someone she caught feelings for and is struggling with how to get back in touch with said ghoster. Here's what she wrote. I got ghosted about a week ago, and unfortunately, I've caught feelings and now it's hard for me to shake them. Before he ghosted, he said that if he didn't want a relationship, he would never do, quote, what the other guys have done in the past and ghost. But that's exactly what he did. I wish I knew why he did this. I called him twice and texted him once to see if everything was okay, but he never answered or responded. I want him to know that I would be there for him because he lost his job too. Help. Okay, so... I'm going to give you some tough advice, advice that you might not want to hear. And I'm giving you this advice because I've been in your shoes before. And looking back on that situation, this is what I wish I could have told myself. And that advice is that I think you have to let this go and move on. It is deeply fucked up that this guy ghosted you, especially after telling you that he would never ghost you. This guy is an asshole, plain and simple. And because of that, your story together is going to have an unhappy ending. 
And what I think I am gleaning from your DM is a strong desire to give your story a happy ending. You're calling him, you're texting him, you want him to talk to you, you want to make him unghost you. I think in the long run, that behavior will do you more harm than good. And it would ultimately probably be a waste of your time. Time that would be much better spent, in my view, focusing either on yourself or on other dating prospects who are more worthy of you. You write that he's going through a tough time in his career and that you want him to know that you'd be there for him. My question to you is, why would you be there for him? He's not there for you. He ghosted you. He's ignoring your several calls and texts. I don't think this is a person you need to be there for. There's a quote I love. I believe it's from Maya Angelou. I, I, I've, I'm, now, I'm now attributing quotes. Steven's just yeah. making up this quotes This one I'm today. more confident is, well, I heard it from <laughs> Oprah who said it <laughs> from Maya Angelou. And the quote is this. When people show you who they really are, believe them. This man has shown you who he really is. Now your job is to believe him. And I know firsthand how hard that is to do. It can be very painful to accept that the person we dated really wasn't the person we thought they were. To accept that they might actually be a big fucking jerk. But the best advice I can give you is to accept it anyway. Accept the unhappy ending and start a new story somewhere else. Because I really do believe that when someone truly loves you, respects you, and wants to be with you, you won't feel confused about it. I also think that in dating and it's really on hard because it's like whether you know it or not, whether you think you had a happy childhood or not, you come with trauma. And that trauma a lot is you wanting someone else to pick you. And it hurts when they don't. And it hurts when you don't know why. And I think at the end of the day, it's just having to having to sit in that uncomfortable unknown and move on, because like Stephen said, that you know, eventually there will be someone who doesn't go. Accept it for what it is. And also know that his behavior says everything about him and nothing about you. Mm -hmm. Well, as always, Stephen, thank you for helping us all figure out life's toughest challenges. It is a joy and an honor. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, you should have hired LeVar Burton, Jeopardy. too late. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Joshua Burnley, Tanya Bustos, Jess Goodwin, and Eric Nedanin. Special thanks to Samantha Hennig and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. 
I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.